Welcome to worship this day at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's such a joy to be with you all as we go to God worshiping and and getting connected to one another. My prayer for you today is that you find hope, that you connect with Jesus and, and connect with someone else. Almighty God, you are the God of miracles, new beginnings and new start. You have definitely blessed your people. As your people worship you today, I pray that your spirit is blessed and that you speak words of life and hope to all that worship you. Almighty God, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for your church. I give you thanks for your spirit. I give you thanks for your people who surround one another in love and care. Bless these gifts that we bring before you today. Bless those who give throughout the week. Help them to know your love and multiply these gifts so that more and more may know of your grace and your peace. Amen. Uh, we've been in the midst of a, of a prayer campaign, so to speak, on, on breakthrough prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit, praying for God's resurrection power to move in our midst, to bless you, to, to open up new, new miracles of hopes, dreams, and possibilities in your life and in the life of our church. And today we we continue praying for God's miracles. As we continue to pray for, for God's miracles, we're also taking time to just pause today and to celebrate, celebrate the goodness of God, the movement of God's spirit in your lives and in the life of our church. A few weeks ago, I, I started an effort uh, with our staff to, to every staff meeting. We meet on Mondays at 1230, and you've got a great group of people who work, work here at the church to help lead this congregation, to help lead you in, in ways that, that, that point to Jesus. And, and we spend about 20 minutes or even longer sometimes telling good and encouraging stories about the miracles of God that are happening in our midst. In fact, there are things that we don't get to that I, you know, I want to get to sometimes because we are celebrating how good God is. And this has been so encouraging. At our last church council meeting, our church leadership, we spent time dedicated to sharing stories of good and encouraging things happening in our midst. And then on Wednesday of this week, I sent out an email to you, to our congregation. If you don't get our emails, you can sign up for them on the website. There's a link in your your bulletin of where you can sign up. But but I send out emails every Wednesday. And this this email on Wednesday, I I sent talking and and sharing about the goodness of God. And then I asked you to, to share with me your stories of how you have seen God's goodness in your midst the goodness of God just present in your life. And I want you to know that I have been overwhelmed, overwhelmed with thankfulness of hearing your stories. Some of you came into the church and you were so excited to share your stories. Some of you, some of you shared emails with me and, and celebrating the goodness. And then you sent more emails because more good things and more things came to mind. And, and, and so what I want to do right now is, is just to share some of the ways that, that you and those that worship with you are celebrating God's goodness in your lives. You know, as a pastor, 
sometimes, you know, I see, we see big picture things and we see big things that are happening and which is all great and grand, but especially when you haven't been at a place for very long, you don't always hear the little stories. And so I had such a privilege to be able to hear some of these. And so I want to share with you uh, some of what was shared in these, in the stories that you all sent One person shared that in 2012, I was sick and I thought I had the flu. My fever spiked to nearly 104 and finally agreed to go to the ER and I was diagnosed with viral meningitis. I was in the hospital for a week. The day I came home from the hospital, a huge limb from a a severe storm fell on top of our house. And so not only did it crush and and do damage over their bedroom, uh, but it said the weight of the, the limb also broke pipes between the floors, causing my grandson's room in the basement to be flooded. This person wrote, we can't thank Kern Church enough for coming to our aid. They, they not only brought meals during the time it took to repair our house, but a former member made sure they had clean clothes to, to wear in the midst of this time. God is so good. Someone else shared about how the church was with them during a hard time when their child had been arrested. They, they, they said, I know the power of love and acceptance I felt from church leaders at the time. I feel that I have been brought to my knees over the whole situation and somehow Kern Church has been my salvation. It is through them that I've experienced God. God is so, so good. Another said, our country is at war with itself. I think we would agree with that to a certain extent. Our country is at war with itself. But we would come to the defense of a neighbor in a heartbeat. Kern Church has given me love. This is present. Current church has given me love and friendship, and I recognize that God is good. God is good. Someone else said that I, I have so many blessings of the goodness of God. I don't know where to begin. That they began to to share to share their 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 thankfulness for their spouse of sixty five and a half years, right? 65 and a half years, and and share the testimony of the church, writing, and then I will mention the blessings of my four wonderful and healthy children who grew up to be great people, thanks to a large extent by the training of dedicated youth leaders at Kern Church. I could go on and on about miracles of the goodness of God with which I have been blessed, but I think you get the idea. God is so good. Another one I want to share is someone who, who at the time, they they lost children. And this person wrote to me and and said at the loss of their children that, that God sent angels from Kern Church to be by their side. As they came one by one, they had a glow about them, and I know that God sent them They blessed us again in so many ways and lifted us up over and over. God has blessed this church, I went on to write, with amazing people whose hearts are full of love, and I see it still today. I could cite so many more blessings and miracles that I have seen over the years, and God is still performing miracles at Kern Church and will continue to do so. God is is so good.
good. And even as I was waking up this morning and reading my Bible study, I, I, I recognized that I had more emails from folks. The sharing of the goodness of God that has happened and is happening in your lives. You know, I have to tell you that I just give thanks for the goodness of God that has brought us to this point. Hearing your stories and, and seeing your excitement about things that are happening in the life of the church, hearing, hearing how God has moved in your life and in the life of those around you has been so inspiring. I, I, you know, if you were with us a couple of months ago, you know that I, at that time I shared some difficult news about, about our church finances and some uncertainties around the future of the church. And, and, and just a few months before that, or really a month and a half before that, I came to be the pastor of the church and didn't know any of that. So, you know, that's, that's okay. But, but, but then in, within a couple of months, we, our, our leaders were looking at things and we realized that, that some of the difficulties that we were facing were quite severe. And, and I have to tell you, dear ones, that, that I celebrate... I celebrate that we are in a much different place today than we were months ago, really weeks ago. I celebrate the miracles of God that are happening in our midst, that we are at a different place today than we were just a couple of months ago. Through God's provision, through your faithfulness, we can see the openings of God's miracles all around us. And I hear it from you. The other day, I was reading my Bible. And, and this year, I've been participating with our, our bishop in reading the Bible through the year. Last week, I think it was, I shared that Bishop Wallace Paget was reassigned to our, our area, to the Holston Conference. And she reads the Bible through the year, every single year. And so this year, she invited her pastors and lay folks in the conference to read with her. And so I've been doing this, and it hasn't been a straight read through the Bible. It kind of jumps around in places. And, and this past week, or really at a certain time this past week or so, I've been reading through Second Chronicles. Now, if you've ever read much of the Old Testament, you know that, and maybe you're better than me, um, but sometimes... I, I'm glad this isn't recording and, you know, on view for my seminary professors. But, but sometimes reading in the Old Testament especially can get a little difficult because you hear who has begotten whom and who lived to be how old and who killed whom and, and who was faithful and who wasn't faithful. And there's names you don't, I don't recognize. I'm sure you do. There's, there, there's places that you don't know where they are. And, and sometimes things can get a little difficult. And so as I'm reading through First and Second Chronicles, I hear it's a, these are the books that tell the story of the history of Israel. And so I, I hear these things being read and I read them and I'm like, okay, that's great. And moving on. And some days I'm just trying to get beyond to say, okay, good job. You read the Bible through a year. But sometimes God just stops me in my tracks. And so two weeks ago, I was reading through the book of reading in the second Chronicles in the 29th chapter and on. And, and I just had one of those moments where God stopped me. I was overcome with the, the power, I think, of the Holy Spirit. And God spoke to me in a way and, and said that this is the story of 
Kern Church. As you are reading this story from Scripture, this too is the story of Kern Church that you are living. It's not one-to-one, but this story from the Old Testament speaks directly into where you are and what is happening and the goodness of God that is happening in your midst. So what I want to share with you today comes from the book of 2 Chronicles. And I just kind of want to want to tell you the story, so to speak, of what happens in 2 Chronicles chapters 29 through 31. Don't worry, I'm not going to read chapters 29 through 31 straight through. Um, I might, Jim Giles might correct me on my pronunciation if I tried to do that, but, uh, you know, just, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to try to capture the story that is in these few chapters, and if you're so inclined, I want to invite you to, to take this as your reading assignment going home to read this, but my plan is to tell you this story, and hopefully you will see in our telling how our story, the story of Kern Church, perhaps fits within this story of Scripture. In chapter 28, before we get to what I'm going to tell you, before I tell you what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what happens before what I'm going to tell you, and, and whatever. And so that's chapter 28. Very good, Will. Chapter 28 comes before chapter 29. And, 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 and before we get to today, you have to know that the history of Israel is that they had some difficulties, okay? They had some difficult transitions in their leadership. In fact, before we get to what we'll look at today, a guy by the name of Ahaz becomes king. We, we read and are told in, in chapter 28 that Ahaz ruled for 16 years in Jerusalem. But he wasn't a good king. He wasn't a good guy. And in fact, we're, we're told that he didn't do what was right in the Lord's eyes, unlike his ancestor David. So, so Ahaz didn't do what was right. In fact, he really didn't do what was right. He, we learned that he made images of other gods and, and had the, the Israelites worshiping other, other gods and, and, and abandoned the ways of the ancestors, the ways of David, following after the true God. In fact, he even, we learn in verse 3, he even burned his own sons alive as an act of worship to other gods. He was a bad dude. So much went wrong during the 16 years that Ahaz was king that the people even forgot what was good. The people even forgot what it meant to follow God. The people abandoned their places of worship. They didn't know what to do. That's where we pick up the story in chapter 29. After Ahaz is dead, we read in verse 1 of chapter 29, if you're following along, that Hezekiah became king. Now, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he ruled for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah. She was Zechariah's daughter, and he did what was right in the Lord's eyes. So Ahab did, Ahaz did wrong, Zechariah did right. Yeah, Hezekiah, Zechariah's granddad. Granddad Zechariah, Hezekiah is the king. Uh, anyways, so he, he did what was right in the Lord's eyes, just as his ancestor David had done. And I love this, verse 3. In the very first year of his rule, during his first month, Hezekiah reopened the doors to the Lord's temple 
after rebuilding them. For 16 years, the temple was shuttered. For 16 years, worship of God did not take place. People forgot what to do. And the king came to power and his first order of business was said, we need to open the doors. That's what he did. He rebuilt the temple area, refurbished the place, and opened the doors of the Lord's temple. And then he pulled the leadership together. He called the the people together who have the responsibility to to lead the people in in their religious life, the the pastors, the teachers, the the, the shepherds of the the community. He he called together the religious leaders who have the, the responsibility to care for the people of the nation, and he gave them an inspiring speech, which can be found in verse 5 he said listen to me listen to me you Levites make yourselves holy so you can make the temple of the Lord your God the Lord your God your of your ancestors by removing from the sanctuary anything impure our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord they abandoned him and ignored the Lord's dwelling and defiled him they even closed the doors of the entrance hall, snuffed out the lamps, and stopped, and stopped burning incense and offering entirely burned offerings in the sanctuary of the Lord. You know, some think the Old Testament can be dull and boring, but this isn't dull and boring. Hezekiah explains that those who have led the nation and who led the religious life of the people closed the doors, blew out the lamps, and and, and quit and didn't allow the people of God and didn't help the people of God to continue to connect with God. And then in verse 8, Hezekiah continues. He said, This angered the Lord so much that he made Judah and Jerusalem an object of terror and horror, something that people hiss at. As you can see with your own eyes. That's why our ancestors died violent deaths while our sons, daughters, and wives were taken captive. But now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, Israel's God, so God will no longer be angry with us. Don't be careless, my sons. The Lord has chosen you. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence to serve him so that you can be his servants and burn incense to him. In other words, he tells the religious leaders, God has chosen you for a new day. God has chosen you for a new day. I think this is true of Kern Church as well. God has chosen you to be the agents of the miracles of God in the new day. God has chosen you, he says, for such a day as this. And then they get up and they prepare the temple for worship. You know, it had been so long that they had forgotten what to do. And, and so they started to get to work. They, they had to make sure the pyramids were pressed and the, and, and the plates were shined and the candles had oil. They had to make sure they, that what color was supposed to be on the a certain day they had to remember how to print bulletins and 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 uh, answer the phones they had to remember how, how to run the sound system and 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 the, the nine o'clock service we messed that all up today and, and 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 we even forgot sometimes in the midst of that and 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 they got busy They hadn't done it for 16 years. They got busy and they remembered because in the first month of the first year of the reign, Hezekiah opened the doors to the temple. 
And then in verse 29, at the end of this chapter, we read in this way, the service of the Lord's temple was restored. And Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had done for them since it happened so quickly. They didn't tarry. They got to work. We find out that they didn't really know what they were doing, but they got to work to to fix things and to re-remember the goodness of God. They got to work and things were, were worshiping God in short order and they were so amazed at how quickly it looked. And then as they were preparing the oils and the lamps and the and the and the sacrifices to be slaughtered, they, they looked down at their watch and they said, huh, it's getting close to Christmas. Well, it was getting close to Passover, but it was getting really close to Passover and they knew that they needed to celebrate Passover, but you know what? They hadn't prepared. They didn't have the trees trimmed. They didn't have the candles lit for Christmas. They hadn't, you know, you know Clark Griswold the front of the house and, and, and like they, they, they weren't ready for Passover, but they knew that it was on the calendar. And so all the, the leaders, they said, okay, what are we gonna do? We're supposed to be worshiping God and re-remembering, but we can't even figure out how to get our ducks in a row to celebrate this this day of God's salvation. That's what Passover is, the day of God's salvation of the people of Israel. We can't even figure out how to do this. They'd forgotten what to do. They didn't remember how to make decisions and to make the proper plans. And so in chapter 30, verses 2 and 3, we find that the The kings and the officials, the entire Jerusalem congregation had decided to celebrate Passover in the second month. You see, they were supposed to celebrate it in the first month, but they said, we can't even get our, we can't even order paper in time. This is a true statement to, uh, to, to print bulletins and Staples doesn't carry paper like they used to. This was this past week. Um, And and so (laughs) we can't, so we're going to delay it. And so they did. They had been unable to celebrate it at the usual time because the priests had failed to make themselves holy in sufficient numbers and the people hadn't gathered. They hadn't done it in 16 years. And then they sent out a letter to invite people to the celebration of the Passover. And we read that this letter was successful. This this invitation was successful. And in verse 13 of chapter 30, we learn that a huge crowd gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate. A huge crowd gathered to celebrate. And we also learned that everything didn't go exactly right. Like the candle blew out because they didn't have the oil in the correct proportions. Or, or, or you know, the preacher dropped the offering plate because they weren't used to holding it up. And the arms had gotten fatigued. Or whatever the case may be, things did not go exactly right. Things were still a bit messed up because of the leadership difficulties of the past many years. I mean, if you have been at current church for some time, perhaps this sounds familiar. But, but then we read in, in, in chapter 30, verse 20 and following. Things didn't go quite right, but they still celebrated. And we learn that the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. God didn't care. God didn't care that uh, one of the piano wires or whatever you call those things was out of tune. God didn't care that the, that the uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. God heard the hearts of the people and healed them. So the Israelites in Jerusalem joyfully celebrated the festival of, of unleavened bread, the Passover 
for seven days. Then it was so good and such a big blessing and homecoming and reunion that the whole congregation agreed, verse 23, the whole congregation agreed to celebrate another seven days, which they joyfully did. So two full weeks of celebration, and they're just getting started. And then the whole, verse 25, the whole congregation of Judah rejoiced. And I love verse 26. There was great joy in Jerusalem. Nothing like this had taken place in Jerusalem since the days of Israel's king Solomon, David's son. Out of all the, all the kings, out of all the things that God has done, there was not a day as celebratory as the day of Passover when the temple was reopened as there had been when the temple was built generations and generations ago. The Levitical priests blessed the people and their voice was heard when their prayer reached God's holy dwelling in heaven. Years and years passed. The people forgot what it was like to celebrate. But here they are. The temples open again. And everyone is ready to celebrate the goodness of God. And so they celebrate the goodness of God in such a grand way that they can say, nothing like this has taken place since the temple was built and dedicated to the Lord generations and generations ago. A new day of rejoicing had come. My, 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 what a blessing. As I read this count, I couldn't help but think about Kern Church. But for five years or so, we've been in the midst of pastoral transitions. It doesn't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter what you think about the pastor. Or it doesn't matter really anything. If you're in transition for five years, you're tired. Maybe that speaks to some of your lives. With transitions in your household. And, and, and if you're in the midst of always transitioning, you are tired. You're welcoming, saying goodbye. Things are changing. Nothing is set. It's hard. And on top of that, you're faced with difficult leadership issues and experience closures due to the, the pandemic. And it, in many ways, it feels like the people described in Second Chronicles, they are so excited, but they had to delay the celebration because they forgot how to properly celebrate. And then when they did celebrate, there was great joy because nothing like this had happened in well, God knows how long. I've heard from you these stories of celebration. I've heard from you these stories of celebration. I've been with you in these stories of celebration. Many have lifted up and, and many of these stories have been lifted up in worship over the past several weeks. And you have shared stories that we've called upon today and for the past few weeks you and I have been praying for the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit to bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and, and possibilities into to our church and into your life. We are seeing a down payment on those miracles. I believe beyond a shadow of doubt that we are seeing a down payment on these miracles. How great is our God? Hints of miracles are all around. When you look at the celebration in 2 Chronicles, it's all about re-remembering. Re-remembering the goodness of God and rebuilding the ways that people worshipped the goodness of God. That's the same type of work that God is calling you to. 
That's the, the same type of work that God is calling you and I to right now. The way you, you re-remember and rebuild is, is through celebrating God's goodness and, and realizing that God is the one that got you to this day. No matter how difficult the days have been, God is the one that got you here. God is the one that got you as you find your story. The story of Hezekiah opening the doors of the temple and the people just coming in. And this, my friends, I think this is, this is just the first step. There are so many more down the line. And I want to share with you today a next step that you and I can take in re-remembering and rebuilding this work of God. The next step is investing in the ongoing work of God. And that's what happens in 2 Chronicles. After everybody went to the Passover and everybody had a celebration, they went home. And when they went home, they, they were convicted by the power of God because they had built little idols in their homes to worship because they didn't remember God. And so they tore them all down. They repented of their sins. They, they, they fasted. They prayed. They wanted to get closer to God. And, 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 and so, so they went home. And then after they went home, they, they, the people started living faithfully and the king was, was, realized that the temple had been so neglected for so long. For 16 years or more, the temple had been neglected and, and the royal household had gotten rich, fat and rich. And so, so, so Hezekiah made a personal gift from the royal treasury and said, this is no longer mine, but this is yours, God. And Hezekiah brought all these gifts in to the temple. And then he, he, he wrote to the people and word went out that he invited other people to then re-remember what God was doing and to give generously. The king's generosity inspired others to support the rebuilding and re-remembering work of God. They hadn't done this in years. And it was a reach in faith for them. In fact, we read that the response was overwhelming. People were excited and thankful about the miracles of God happening in their midst, the miracles that God was bringing upon them. And so they generously supported the work of God. And in, in chapter 31, if you're still following along in your Bible, in chapter 31, verses 5 and 6, we read of this reach in faith generosity. As soon as the order was issued, that is the king's invitation for the people to, to join, the Israelites gave generously the best of their grain new wine, oil, honey, and all their crops. A tenth of everything, a huge amount, a huge amount. The people of Israel and Judah living in the cities of Judah also brought in a tenth of their herds and flocks and a tenth of the items that had been dedicated to the Lord their God, stacking up in piles. And the priests, they just received it. They gave God thanks and I like to imagine the chief priest, the, the guy who kind of had responsibility of overseeing this effort and overseeing the worship in the temple and overseeing the, the religious life and the spiritual development of the nation. He was so overcome with emotion and responded in verse 10, the Lord has definitely blessed his people. The Lord has definitely blessed his people. And so today I celebrate too the goodness of God. And I want to invite you to join me in, in, in giving to support the continued miracles of God at Kern Church. In working with our, our generosity team, 
This is where I'm going to give you some instructions, I guess, and you know, you can tune out as you desire. But, but in working with our generosity team, we, we saw this image of, 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 of God's goodness and wholeness really, really coming into view, really coming into place. And, and I want you to know that, that I, I told our financial leadership and that, that I will not ask anyone for any additional money if we're not willing. Did I say this? Yeah. I'm not going to ask anyone to give any money and I'm not going to give any additional money to the church if we're not being responsible with what God has blessed us with, okay? And so our, our financial team discovered some difficult trends and expenses. And when we faced this, we responded in three ways. And the first way was probably the most difficult way is we dramatically cut expenses. And unfortunately, this included personnel cuts. And second, we began celebrating God's provision and planning for a sustainable budget in 2023 because we know that we need to, God needs us to do something good in this community and we need to have a sustainable budget in which to be able to live into God's mission for us. And third, and I think most importantly, we began praying for for God's resurrection power. God's resurrection power to bring miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities to Kern Church. And it's not just about finances. It's about every hope, dream, and possibility. We witness this today. This is why my first ask is, will you join me in supporting the miracles of God at Kern Church by making a one-time reach-in-faith gift above your current generosity so that we can have a year-end celebration and set ourselves up to follow God into 2023. So will you make a a one-time reach-in-faith gift above your current generosity so that Kern Church, through the power of God, can begin 2023 in a hopeful and strong position? While there is still difficult work ahead, God is good. Kern Church is faithful. And our financial outlook to fund the ministry to which God is calling us is in better shape. I want you to know that the financial outlook of Kern Church is in better shape than it has been probably in a while, but at least since I've been the pastor um, Even when we didn't know it was in as difficult shape as it was, it is in better shape today than it was then. This is where our one-time reach and faith gift comes into play. Under the leadership of our financial leadership, our finance committee, our goal is to raise an additional $40,000 to $60,000 by the end of this year to help enable God's ministry to reach in faith into 2023. This is an additional gift that we feel God is leading many to do to help us begin next year strong. Our reach in faith will allow God to really help us re-remember God's goodness and start the 2023 ministry year in a hopeful way. And I want you to know that today I make my pledge to be a part of this, to join what God is doing. The second ask is that I want you to to consider, to prayerfully consider how you will support God's ministry at Kern Church 
in 2023 through your generosity. In front of you at your seats, you will find a a pamphlet, a packet, I guess, uh, an appeal, so to speak, but, but in it, you will, you will see this faux paint. Now, many of you, I know, painted your kitchens in faux paint many years ago. And, 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 and that story about us not being able to find paper is where this faux paint comes into play. Um, because they don't sell this paper anymore. But it was found in the archives of another church in town. Uh, because Staples, anyways, God provides... <laughs> And, and in this packet, in this packet, you will basically, you will, you will be able to read the story of God, of inviting you to participate in the miracles of God as, and, and in line with Second Chronicles. Much of what I've shared today is found in this letter. Additionally, inside, you can find all this, by the way, at kernchurch.org slash reachandfaith. And there are QR codes all over the place where you can sign and find this find this online. Inside you will also find a blue insert, a blue insert that says reach in faith. And this is where you can make a pledge to to reach in faith this year for our year-end offering to help us begin 2023 in a hopeful and strong way. So there's a, a blue card in here and there's additionally a well the other card is under these papers for me. There's additionally an ivory card. I'm impressed with that name. Ivory. Um, it says faithful giving in 2023. And this is an estimate of giving that is usually given off a pledge card that, that we usually give every year uh, to invite you to, to faithfully consider your giving in the following year. And so I invite you to also faithfully consider where God is calling you to give next year. Your giving will help us to continue to build a sustainable ministry plan for 2023. Dear ones, the people in 2 Chronicles experienced a difficult season. Current church has experienced a difficult season. We are here. But I want you to know that we serve a God of abundance. We serve a God of abundance. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has provided and God will provide all that is necessary for us to do what God is asking Kern Church to do in the next season. This is why our, 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 this is why our planning and work is so important. God has provided and will provide all that is necessary for the ministry of God to continue at Kern Church in 2023 and today so that we can share the life-changing, renewing love of Jesus with all of our community. And so I ask you, I ask you to consider on how you can partner, how God is leading you to partner with Kern Church in this effort. I ask you, will you join me in, in making a reach and faith gift this year to help us raise an additional forty to $60,000 to start ministry in 2023 in a hopeful and strong way? And will you join me in making a commitment to faithful generosity in 2023? Now, I know many of you will ask, when do I turn this in? And I give thanks for you. Um, I have been praying in prayer about this for quite some time. 
and Hope and I have talked about this. So I have, I'm ready to make my Reach in Faith pledge today, and I will place this in the offering plate today. I also want you to know that some in our leadership have already been working on this in preparation for this, and we have about 12, what's that, 14, <laughs> that was Mike, he's our treasurer, and sound man, uh, we have about $14,000 in advanced giving that has been given to this effort today without us sharing this broadly, but from, our, from many in our leadership. And so I, I give thanks for the way that, that God is moving in here. This is an advanced promise for God's provision. And so I do want to ask that you consider this, prayerfully consider this, and consider bringing your commitments to the church sometime by the, the first Sunday in December. You can always bring this uh, to church on Sunday, place it in the offering basket. You can drop it by the church at any time. You can complete the entire thing on our website at kernchurch.org. And there are QR codes. I already said this. There are QR codes all over the place on this that you can scan it and see this and see the, the, the online forms. They'll take you straight to the website. You know, the main ask here, especially with the Reach and Faith gift, is that it's made in 2022 so that we can begin 23 in a stronger position to live out God's calling on our lives. And friends, I know God is up to something good. And it is such a blessing. It is such a blessing to do this work with you. With you. To, to be in a position to where we can look for the miracles of God all around us. And it gets me excited to be your pastor, to see where God is leading us. So as we now move into our closing song of worship in just a moment, and you move to consider your reach and faith contribution and your faithful giving next year, I want to invite you to join me in prayer. And we're going to pray our breakthrough prayer. We're, we, I've been speaking about this. We've been praying this. We believe strongly that God can do miracles in and amongst us. So we're just going to ask and pray this prayer together, inviting God's resurrection power to fall upon you and our church at this time. And so if you need a copy of the Breakthrough Prayer, it's found in your bulletin, which is white, underneath the message portion that says Breakthrough Prayer. And so I want to invite you to, to pray this prayer with me, that God's Spirit will inspire your giving and, and, and through your giving and agreement with God, that God's Spirit will open miracles of new hopes and dreams and possibilities in your life and in the life of our church. So I invite you to pray this prayer with me. God, release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities for our church and in my own life. Grant to us your boldness to follow Jesus into your new and unknown future. May your spirit come. May your will be done. Amen. May God's resurrection power fall upon you as it never has before to fill your heart and your life with the miracle you need today. Healing, hope, resurrection, new life. And may this resurrection power inspire you to live for God's kingdom, to share God's love this day and evermore. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.